there's a lot going on right now in this week and 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 this time in my life. So we're doing one of those catch-all episodes this time, uh, where we're affectionately calling this episode "Love, Death, and Editing." And um, I, I'm just there's a lot of stuff to go on, but I want to start by talking about Pride. Right, this is Pride Month. That's that's a big deal in the world, right? Now, now I got to be honest with you. This is not my month. It's it's not, right? It, it's not my month. I am a cisgendered, white, heterosexual male. Um, the world has been fairly kind to me in a number of ways. Have I dealt with my trials? Sure. Have I had my tribulations? Yeah, we all have. But none of those trials and tribulations are based on my gender or my sexual orientation or how I identify in the world. Like, none of that's been an issue for me. There have been other problems, child abuse and all kinds of stuff, but that doesn't change the fact that there are a lot of people in this world who, because of factors not within their control, just trying to live their lives and be who they are, they get shit upon. And so I'm a big fan of Pride Month. I really am. I'm a writer. I think if you're a writer and you're not a fan of Pride, there's kind of something wrong in your programming a little bit, maybe. Maybe you just haven't spent the time thinking back. Like, every time I think of Pride Month, I started as a playwright. And and I kind of very traditionally came into writing. And every time I think of Pride Month, I think of Oscar Wilde. Right, Oscar Wilde, who was imprisoned for his sexual orientation. Like, that's that's fucked up. We can all agree that's fucked up. And if you can't, please turn off the show and move on. It, enjoy your day. Right? Like, this is just, this is, this is a big month. You know, there are a number of gay writers. Really amazing gay writers, actually. You know, Walt Whitman, for example, just in case you didn't know. Um, a personal favorite is James Baldwin. Love, love the work that James Baldwin did. I truly do. Uh, Yukio Mishima, when we talk about writers in, in Asia, was another great example. Like, there are a lot. I mean, I, I could probably literally do an entire show on just the LGBTQ writers out there. I, I mean, for my poet roots, Allen Ginsberg's another great and obvious one. Chuck Palahniuk is another one, you know, like that, that's the thing, right? So take the time this month. Here's my ask pride month. Take some time to read, listen, observe art from the LGBTQ community, understand the richness of that community of, of the people in it and the work they're creating. It's amazing, Right, it really is. It's amazing. There's really amazing stuff coming out from the LGBTQ community, and and you should. You know, I think it's Salman Rushdie who says that like your your reading should be like a passport. So you should be reading from all walks of life, people that are the same as you, different as you. I I mean, all of that. Right. You you totally should be taking all of that time, and and learning and reading. So take Pride Month and and learn. And while I'm at it, I'm going to throw a shout out to um. You know, you've heard me talk about him before, Derek Barry. He's amazing. He's a member of that community. He's, he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Great friend. Has a great podcast called Contribute Your Verse. Uh, this month, the Contribute Your Verse podcast is doing episodes about pride, related to pride, 
all month long. So this is probably going to be the longest stretch of episodes consecutively Derek's done in a while. I think it's great. I just listened to the first one where he recounts through some stories uh, that, that have meaning to him, and it's it's really powerful stuff. You should listen to it. That's That's what I'm going to say on it. You should listen to it. Pride is important, right? That's kind of the love component of this, right? Like I'm thinking about Pride Month and I'm also thinking about I've been working in this new office that, you know, I moved in with my girlfriend a little less than a year ago and I needed a place to write with a door that shut and everything else. So we built this this secondary writing place uh, on the on the second floor of our home in the guest bedroom and I've been working in it and it's been wonderful. And it, it, it feels that kind of atmosphere, not just, not just that I have a quiet place to close the door and all, but that this is something her and I did together. This is a house project. This is, this is work we did together towards a common goal. It's a really beautiful, lovely and amazing thing. So I'm feeling a lot of love this month, guys. I really am. I really am. But seriously, like, like, don't I don't want you to walk away with the writer's nut thing. Right away with the idea that this month in June, read an LGBTQ author. Read a poet who's in the LGBTQ. Promote this stuff. Dig. Learn. The less you know, the more you should dig. And if you already think you know some stuff, then learn some more. Hear stories. It's, it's powerful, powerful stuff. I don't do it justice. It's, it's like I said, it's not my story. I don't want to co-opt it, but I do want to address it. You know, there's, there's, that's the thing. I got up this morning thinking about how I'm going to record this and I don't want to co-op Pride Month is going, yeah, Matt, Pride Month. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to ignore it. I don't want to not say anything about it because it's important. Like pride is important. This world is getting fucking scary. This country can get fucking scary. And look, I write about conspiracy theorists and, and satire about like crazy hyper patriotism, jingoistic nationalism stuff. So I see some scary shit in my given day, especially on days I'm researching. I just want to crawl up in a ball and, and hide. Um, but pride is a really great, amazing, joyous thing. Celebrate it. Get involved. Learn. Right? Learn. And if you're like, I don't know why they need to get a pride month, then you, of all people, need to go back and research things like Stonewall. And, and learn why this is important. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop that section there. Cause again, I don't want to co-opt pride month. This is not, this is not for me. It's not, it's, it's for people who have been marginalized to be able to no longer be marginalized, to not be put down by social stigma, to not be ashamed, but to be proud. And they should be. And to all of my LGBTQ listeners and friends, I love y'all. I really do. I really love y'all. The Derek, amazing work, man. You please keep it up. It is incredible. I am referring your podcast to everybody I know because the work has been really, really wonderful. That's that's that. I mean, get out there, experience, listen to people's stories, listen to people's stories and understand. You know, like accept their truth as their truth as they see the world, and and be open to the discussion. That was probably a little longer than I was going to go on that part, but we did. And and I guess it's it's better than the next part. So I lost somebody. I mean, I didn't know them as well as I wish I had. And, and I haven't thought about that until now. But but me and, and my girlfriend's neighbor, Karen, uh, passed a, a little while ago last week. And... Um, she she was only sixty years old. She wasn't very old. I mean, it was it was very kind of sudden, and, and I'm glad she's not suffering anymore. Karen was 
day 83 of my 100 Connections project. And my girlfriend, who at the time was just someone I met and, and a friend of mine who was really excited about the project I was doing and really thought I should meet this woman, uh, introduced me to Karen and we all went and took a really wonderful beach day. It, it was great. I'm going to share the 100 Connections piece uh, again on social media. So if you follow me on social media uh, or if you would like to, you know, if you'd like to see that piece, just just message me and I'll send you the link. Karen was a really lovely woman. And I think it's a reminder that we should, uh, well, we should, we should get to know people. We should. I mean, that was the whole point of 100 Connections was to get to know people and to, to hear their stories. And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people did that 100 Connections project I did for like marketing SEO bullshit reasons. They thought, hey, this will be great for my insurance business or my this business or my that business. And it, it really was annoying and it, it, it was hurtful. And, and I mean, like, that's true. No one wants to build something where they're like, oh, man, I have this idealism. And then the door gets slapped in your face a little bit. But it was people like Karen who just thought the idea was so fun and cool and interesting and exciting and just wanted to be a part of it for the sake of being a part of that journey were really the people that kept me going through it, especially by day 83, when I had met at least 50 assholes. You heard me. If you're a 100 Connections reader and you're like, was I one of the assholes? I don't know. How long has it been since we talked? Right? <laughs> like, guys, I'm not, I'm not hiding it. I haven't. But uh, yeah, so Karen passed and that, that was, that was sad. That was, uh, I, I, I guess I'm glad that I was able to tell her story a little bit, to have that moment was, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've even fully processed it right now. I'm, I'm weird with death, man. I'm weird with death. I've, I've seen a lot of it, probably more than my fair share. And, and so I don't always get choked up or, or do deep mourning. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird situation. It's a weird situation, but I'm, um, I'm glad for the time I had and I'm glad for the story I got, you know, and I, I I'm glad that she was in some pain and I'm glad that that pain is finally over, you know? Um, yeah. I guess that ties into our Pride Month talk, too, in terms of like getting out there and doing something you're uncomfortable with. If you're not comfortable with Pride Month, then you definitely need to get out there and, and experience and share people's stories. You, you just don't know who's going to be in your life. You, you don't. You have no idea who's going to be in the life or, or the kind of impact that they're going to have on you. Um, and, and you probably won't until they're completely gone and you can't tell them. And that's just uh, it's just how it goes. So, yeah. Karen passed and, and we miss her, but I'm, I, I believe she's in a better place. She's not in pain anymore. Um, and I'm grateful for the, the chance I had to tell her story for a little bit. That was really great. So moving beyond that, because <laughs> that's sad, right? That's kind of, that's a lot. Like, great. We've talked about pride and Matt lost somebody and what else has Matt been doing? Well, <laughs> That's been editing. Yeah, I, I, that, that's kind of the third part of this that I want to talk about. The third big thing I've been doing is editing. Editing's weird, man. Editing's a thing that as a writer you do, and it is strange, right? Because you are literally going back at stuff you did and said, ah, this could be better, that could be better, want to do this differently. Like, you are going back and editing your stuff. 
editing your stuff is is something that I it's taken me years to be feeling like I'm even good at and not beating the shit out of myself for it. But here's the thing. We live kind of in a, in a quick kind of social media snap take culture where we say a thing and we figure I said the thing. The thing is perfect. I don't need to say any more. It's out. It's done. And we post it up on social media and we walk away from it. And you see this in a lot of the like sales pitch books. I call them sales pitch books. The ones that people give. I wrote a book. Here, read my book, which is a sales pitch where you did buy their services. We see it a lot. There's a lot of errors and there's some like incompleted thoughts and things like that. And it just feels weird. And why? Because they didn't edit. Look, I'm a good writer. I'm, I have great faith in my ability. But I need to edit. Writing should not be this process of, bam, there it is, perfect, I'm awesome, let me get my Ferrari and drive off. Writing is like sculpting. And the first draft, your rough draft, is always putting the clay together. And editing is shaving off the excess to get to the beautiful thing underneath. That, that's what it is, right? Editing is, is this shaving away of stuff, all the excess. Like, I literally sat down with, like, 23, 24 printed pages yesterday Got upstairs into my office, girlfriend was home doing some stuff, I closed the door, I put on some music, I think I put on a podcast actually, and I sat there and I read every single word that I had written uh, and, and on a piece that I'd finished a couple weeks ago. Because I don't believe in immediately editing, I believe I write a piece, I walk away from it, and then I sit back down with it and I look at it. And man, I just bled all over that. And not spelling errors, grammatical errors, or things like that, but the reality is now that I got the rough idea out on page, now that I got this big mound of clay, I have a better idea of what I want the final sculpture to look like. I do. Now that I have this big wad of clay out there on the table, I have a better idea of what I want that sculpture to look like. And when you're in that position and you have that, well, you're able to you're able to better understand what you're doing. And so that's where I was. And so I spent a lot of time reading through and writing out and going, this isn't necessary. This is, this is extra. What if the character did this? What about here? Uh, this doesn't really sound like the character I envision. Like, it's great. It's a nice little thing, but, but this person is, is driven by these things or motivated by this or thinks in this way. And this doesn't really sound like that. All of that stuff I, I did, I sat there and just went boom, 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 line by line, man, line by line, just here we go, all 23, 24 pages until I was done. And then I sat there with, with a notebook that I take my notes in, and I took out my pen, and I said, okay, cool, and this is the research that I feel like I need to do to kind of hone this up a little bit more, and this is this stuff I need to do, and this is that stuff I need to do, and here's all the stuff that I need to do. And these are some thoughts I had. And then I actually like to end my editing process, just as a fun aside. I like to end my editing process with, like, lessons I learned through this draft, right? Like, are there any big lessons I think I could take away from this draft, right? I, I think it's important because your rough draft is just that. It's a rough draft, right? Stop hiding. I, I keep hearing this new thing because it's out in a new self-help book about, you know, the zero draft. Stop. Just stop. There, like, you Start writing from somewhere, okay? Writing is craft. Writing takes time. Art takes time. Anything really worth doing takes a little bit of time. So stop this, like, I'm not going to start the stopwatch yet because my ego is tied up in it. Look, if you can't start the stopwatch on your project with your first draft, with your rough draft, and you can't accept that for what it is, then I don't know how the editing process is going to be for you. 
Because you have to be able to look and say things I did were good and some things I did were not as good. Some things I did were just bad. I did. I literally cut a whole passage out of that piece yesterday like what, and wrote in red next to it, what the hell was I thinking? Like I did. It just it, it didn't make any sense, you know? And, and I had, like, I am prone to, uh, I, so a fun first draft thing of me, I am prone to having characters that are morally perfect in a first draft. I really am. I hate morally perfect characters, and yet, in a first draft, I write them all the time. All the time. I, I do. I just, I'm like, okay, here we go. And then so-and-so's awesome, and they're perfect, and they're innocent, and they're wonderful. And I'm like, oh, and they suck. Ah, uh, they're even painful to read now. And that's great. I'm, I'm glad I can go back and look at that. But that's the point, right? It's a rough draft. Like, I have started the work. It is a marathon, not a sprint. It takes time. It takes time every day. It takes editing time. It takes looking at it time. It's not fun all the time, guys. Like, editing is fun and not fun all at the same time. Like, I love it when I'm in the middle of it. I love editing my stuff when I'm in the middle of editing my stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay, all right, I know where we're going. But when I take out the the draft, because I, I edit hard copies. I, I don't do it on the computer. I do hard copies, and I'm like, here it is. And I look at it, and I'm like, fuck, here we go. I'm going to have to read this thing, and I'm going to have to cut it up. And I don't want to do that. I want to I want to pretend everything I did was perfect and amazing and awesome, and my writing is is luminescent. And you, you just can't get any better than me. I do. I want to be able to say that, but it's a lie. It's not true. So I, I just, I'm like, okay. And so I did. I worked. I started started working on it. And I got through it. And the editing process is great. It's wonderful to revisit what you did. It's good to see the good things you did. It's good to see the bad things that you did. It's good to understand. But it's really good to feel that rush in your head when you can acknowledge things that you could have done better and you go back and you're like, yeah, yeah, these are things I could have done better. Yeah. It's good. I, I think editing's great. I think we have this horrible fucking tendency that we've built um, of telling young writers and, and other people, and especially in these entrepreneur communities with people like, I want to write a book. Why? Why do you want to write a book? What story do you have to tell? Well, I have this story to tell. And look, I, I work in both these forces, right? I have a foot in both these worlds. And a lot of time that professional book is either to build authority, which can be great. It, it can be. You may know something and share some knowledge, and that could be great. Or it's a really, really over, overly complex sales pitch for what you do. And and it's, hey, look, I was a coach and I did this and this person loves this and you should come do my retreat because I could do the same for you. Knock it off. Right? Just seriously knock it off. Um, but nonetheless, you need to edit. Like, you need to edit. I had this conversation a, a month or two ago with someone who, who was pointing out, like, with professional books, well, they don't really need to be edited. I'm like, horse shit. Everyone needs an editor. Like, can we just start this? Can we just start this logic? You all need editors. I don't care. I don't care how much you think you don't. You need an editor. You need people you trust to tell you when they get things and when they don't. And you need to have an eye to look at your own work and say, I'm kind of full of shit right here. It's a liberating feeling, man. It's a liberating feeling. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I, I use very few qualifiers for being a writer because it's just, what do you do? You put pen to paper. But I don't really consider you a, a serious writer until you can sit down and edit your own shit. That doesn't mean you don't take advice from other people. That doesn't mean you're a one-man band. But until you can sit down with a piece of yours and go, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking there. 
Like, till you can do that realistically, I don't know that I really consider you a writer. Maybe that's my bias, but I've met too many people who are like, nope, everything I did is great. And and then fighting them on, you know, give me a critique. And you're like, well, I thought this was a little weak. Ah, you don't know. I literally had a writer ask me for a critique once and I I told them that they're, they, they'd given me a poem and I told them that the poem that they did, I, I couldn't identify the speaker. I couldn't. Like, there were three or four different narrative lines in this overly long poem. And I, it was, it was overly long. There were three to four different narrative lines. There were basically three to four poems in one, just like giant mashup. And I, I, the problem was there was no distinct separation between the speakers. So I couldn't, I, I, in the middle of another speaker telling a story, I'd be like, shit, it's a different speaker. And I'd go back. And I told them that I couldn't identify the speaker. And they, they responded to me with the idea of like, well, I write for a higher, uh, a more educated audience. I'm like, I have two master's degrees. I, I mean, shit, I know PhDs who would be looking at this saying the exact same thing I am. So get over yourself, right? If you can't edit, man, that's a huge problem. I, I, writers need to be editors. I'm just going to say it. Writers need to be editors. Because um, writing is rewriting. That's it. The truth of the matter is getting a first draft done is actually really easy when you just sit down and start doing it. But writing, like doing good writing is, is about rewriting. It's about putting stuff out there and knowing how to move forward and, and knowing how to build that momentum and get shit going um, instead of going, yeah, I wrote it. It's perfect. Move on. Right. Because it's probably not. It's, it's probably not. I've never written anything perfect the first time. Maybe that's my bias again. Maybe one of you does, but I doubt it. So, yeah, I, you know, love, death and editing. That's been the week. <laughs> we've been dealing with, you know, some good feelings and some sad feelings and then some just doing the work. Because at the end of the day, when you talk about being a quote unquote working writer, you're talking about just doing the work. Right. And that's, that's the problem for most of us. Lots of us want to like take the title. Lots of us like want to live the life, whatever the fuck that means. Cause I don't know any two writers that do the same stuff every day, except maybe write. Um, but you want to be a working writer. That means you're doing the work, whatever that is, whatever that is. Maybe, you know, that's, that's writing one day. Like yesterday, I didn't really write anything new. I edited. It's work. It's, I'm a writer. That's what I do. I write and then I edit. I tend to break up projects, right? I'll do like one brand new project, edit an older project. Okay. Get into it. Write a second draft. Like I like to mix it up, you know, because otherwise it gets stale and boring and I'm, I'm losing my mind. Anyway, I think we're going to put a, put a pin in it right here. Like, like I said, happy pride, happy pride. Love y'all. Um, I guess, yeah, we'll talk later. I got to get out. It's going to be another busy week and then we're really winding down. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what, where, where I came over the course of this, uh, like 52 week journey. So where did I get to? All right. Well, here, there's the pin in it. Uh, until next time. I'm Matt, just a working writer, and this has been my confession. I'll talk to you all next time.